0: I had this revelation, I had this revelation that we're not doing better because we're not better. Um, yeah. And uh, we were actually performing to our level. In
1: business, you want to consistently attract incredible people, grow at an accelerated rate and create a unique competitive advantage. The goal, it isn't to just be the best, but it's to be the favorite. The favorite in the eyes, the mind and the heart of your customer. To stay competitive in today's world, you want to build a business where people want to come to work and where they have a chance to be great at doing what they love the most. And you accomplish that by leading through values. Because when you lead through values, people excel, profits increase, and your brand becomes more human. Now make sure you download your free guide at leadthroughvalues.com. I'm James Mayhew, you're chief culture officer and you're listening to lead through values. Well, welcome back to this episode of Lead Through Values podcast. I'm your host and coach James Mayhew. Guys, I am pumped. I am excited today because I have what I think is going to be a tremendous guest. I'm very blessed and fortunate to have Mr. Fred Myers joining the podcast today. And Fred is the president and founder of a company called Queensboro. And Queensborough is a uh, a logo a logo apparel company, and you also do promotional products. And Fred, I have uh, I've purchased from you. I'm a repeat customer a few times. I'm wearing one of your caps today. You guys do the best quality embroidery that I've run into anywhere, and so I'm just really excited to be able to talk with you. Well, I don't want to talk about apparel today. I want to talk about your culture, which is something that's right on your website. I have that pulled up in front of me today. So Fred, uh, again, thank you for being here and just tell us a little bit about you and how
0: Queensboro got started and it's a cool story. Sure. Well, thanks for, thanks for having me. And uh, uh, it's always fun to talk about kind of your life's work and passion, which is, this has been a, a life's project for me. So Um, I I grew up in Connecticut and um, went to uh, college in New York City and studied um, liberal arts. I was um, an American history and comparative literature major and um, never really expected that I would have a career in business. Um, But, um, you know, these things happen in funny ways sometimes. And um, I think I was a sophomore. In college, and um, had the opportunity to get uh, some defective um, Lacoste shirts from the factory, and um, uh, they were real popular. This was back in the late '70s. um, Lacoste the alligator shirts, and started sending them off to uh, some different friends of mine at uh, different schools across the country, and um, uh, business was going pretty good, and um, just occurred to me is the kind of look the alligator craze was kind of running through um kind of cresting maybe that uh you know wouldn't it be great to get the same quality shirt as that original lacoste shirt um with whatever you wanted on it so you know instead of being a billboard for lacoste you could promote your promote yourself and uh promote your own your own brand essentially although we didn't mm-hmm. think in those terms back in the those days but um, the original concept, the original thought was um, that it would be an individual thing, like consumers would do this for themselves. So you would come up with a James Mayhew mm-hmm. logo, and um, um, and that's, that's kind of what, what it would be. But as it turned out, um, the businesses were the ones that responded to the first um, ads and things. And uh, over a period of time, it kind of focused on... Um, Providing a service to small and medium sized businesses to promote themselves. And um, um, we started off by running some ads in the back of uh, the New Yorker magazine. This was after I got some some orders on campus around uh, at school, and I uh, had some friends that were doing internships and things in the city, and um, we were able to get some orders at some of their yeah. companies. Um, but, uh, is, you know, I. Grown up reading The New Yorker magazine and always loved looking at the little ads in the back. Um, And um, so we started advertising The New Yorker magazine, Wall Street Journal also had a nice little small business um, fractional ad thing. And um, uh, that's kind of how it got started. Well, it it is a
1: cool story. And I think there's one part in here where I was reading on your website where you said you felt like you had more apparel than you did textbooks or anything else in your dorm room at college. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> uh, it
0: got pretty crowded pretty quickly. I was a good student. I enjoyed school. And um, I feel like uh, particularly the undergraduate history and comparative literature um, was a much better foundation ultimately for me um, in my career than I went on to get my MBA directly after uh, college, which kind of gave me a little bit of a time to incubate the business a little bit. But I mean, that yeah. was that was very valuable. The MBA was very valuable also. But um, I feel like, you know, it's the ideas and the communication and all of those things that came from the liberal arts um, sure. education, the study of the humanities. When I get together with other business owners and, um, you know, you see uh, CEOs of bigger, much bigger companies get together. Um, the thing that uh, they bond over is rarely business. It's, uh, it's a love of history or ideas or, so you know, true. economics, you know, uh, in a theoretical sense. Um, it's not about how do I make more money really? So, yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great, that is a really great point. And I, and I don't know that, uh, uh that gets covered a whole lot because one of the things that I've noticed is, is that I learn a lot about a person when you do stuff with them and, whether that is, you know, within the business or maybe, you know, I live in kind of a rural part of Iowa. One of my favorite things to do that, especially this time of the year, which is the fall of 2020 is go out and help people cut wood, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. And you fun. learn a lot about another person, whether it's a man or a woman, you learn about the work ethic, you learn about how they speak. Um, uh, there's just a lot of things that you pick up and you can, you can build an incredible relationship through yeah. that by, yeah. by seeing those things. And then inevitably, like in your case there, if, you're, if it's a room of peers of you know, CEOs, et cetera, yeah. then it just naturally starts to lead to those kind of natural, cool, deeper conversations. So. Yeah,
0: that's, that's interesting. We, we don't cut wood in North Carolina the same way that you guys probably do we live in a coastal community down here. But um, sure. Um, Certainly seems like it takes less time than playing golf. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, even there is a good t- time too. Is like uh, you know I used to
1: do a lot of basketball myself, yeah. and you learn a lot about a person's oh, yeah, yeah. character yeah, yeah. when you're
0: competing with them, right? Yeah, yeah. So, with them and um, with them and against them. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah.
1: Well, Fred, one of the things yeah. that drew me to your business, uh, and I'm again I'm looking at your screen here, is you have a really great welcome page on your website. And on that welcome page, it sounds like you. Like, I'm assuming you wrote it. Uh, it's certainly, if somebody else wrote it, it's it's a tone and a voice that's consistent with you. But it's friendly and it's conversational. And I'm just going to say this real quick. I'm just going to read something real quick. We can be reached by phone at 800-847-4478, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5. If you do call, speak to a real-life person here in scenic Wilmington, North Carolina who may even have a real Southern accent uh, that person will be happy to take the time to answer your questions, help you navigate your way out of whatever digital maze we might have created for you. That is a humble way of, of writing a welcome message. It's so it, it's kind of like saying, Hey, you know, we're not perfect, but we're going to take care of you. That's what we do really well. Explain how you, how you got there.
0: I never, uh, and we never, um, I should say, I really never expected to be in the this- Software development business. Um, when I first saw that I had a business going here, and um, I needed to, uh, an efficient way to process orders, um, and um, you know, I looked at some software, basic software packages to do this. You know, nobody at that point was attaching logo files, digital, you know, image files. This was really pre-image management days with mm-hmm. with data and so I had to figure out how to process an order um, where I can stick a logo onto an order and put it through a system and it all stayed together. So from uh, from early on, got into kind of um, software development. On a bootstrap, software development is, is a tough business and our website, really, I'm very proud of it, but um, it's a complicated, and difficult process and um, mm, it is yeah. not perfect, it is not perfect and uh, we just wanna make sure people understand that uh, you know we're 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 humans behind the screens that we're always here if uh if necessary and we do have quite a few <coughs> folks with southern accents here which uh <laughs> people people like but um, I,
1: I got to say years ago I had to call somebody and she picked up and she, it was a different vendor, but it was out in North Carolina. And I was like, yeah. you have the coolest accent. It, it's, yeah. just, it's true. North Carolina is pretty good that way.
0: Yeah. So, you know, people take a little more time in North Carolina. I moved down from New York 25 years ago and I was really surprised my first couple of uh, months here, like uh, somebody would vendor would come in and, um, and they would actually sit down and like talk for a few minutes before they you know, up sure. in New York, yeah. it was like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Come on, let's let's get to it. And you know, yeah. it's, the pace is is, uh, is slowed down a, a little bit here compared to a lot of the rest of the country. And
1: so, I to that's a kind of a good segue here. I'd like to transition into talking about um, the reason I called you to to do this is I found on your website again. You, you, there's a heading in, in here under your culture tab. It talks about our values, mission and quest for greatness again in a very humble way what we've learned in the past 34 years how do your values and and your mission how do these all come together for you guys
0: well that's a small question so uh (laughs) i'll try (laughs) i'll try to i'll try to take it one bite at a time like they say how do you eat an elephant so uh 2000 we we uh have had a history of growth um, pretty much from the beginning in our company. Our bigger problem historically has always been um, on the back end, the fulfillment side, having to do with some of these issues that uh, touched on earlier about logo uh, order processing and things like that. Plus we kind of created this embroidery industry. I mean, it's not like there was uh, infrastructure out there to support what we were doing. So okay. everything, our whole business has been a kind of homegrown thing. So. Um, Uh, It's been a challenge to scale that over time. So um, for the first, um, I don't know, 35 years or whatever, we were chasing orders, chasing orders, chasing orders, and never quite uh, executing as well as um, we knew we would like to. Um, Fortunately, the, uh, uh, the industry wasn't developed, so we didn't have competitors out there performing better than we were. Um, but still, um, you know, you just take pride in what you do and you want to do it as well as you can. So 2008 runs comes along that recession, the great recession really caught us off guard. We, uh, really struggled coming back after that. Um, having been used to growing pretty much at our own pace up to then, um, we, uh, we tried to be aggressive growing through the recession and then realized that, um, Just we didn't have the pockets to, deep pockets to support that. Um, So I had to pull back on advertising and that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. um, from 2009 through 2014, 15, we just really struggled to kind of get our growth started again. And I tried all kinds of different things. And it was really a um, um, formative, intellectually formative period. For us, maybe some somewhat of a midlife crisis. Maybe you could say, you know, we had been all on outward signs successful and everything, but um, really had to, uh, after trying one thing after another after another, really had to do some deep soul searching as to, you know, what what our purpose was and um, all that. Uh, you know, what what we were trying to do, what we were trying to accomplish, what my goals were. Um, Uh, individually as a business owner what I wanted to do for uh, my employees, uh, my customers, my community, my family, all those kind of things. For sure. So um, you know it's trying to uh, after a lot of frustration having like I said trying a lot of things um, uh, to try to really looking for a silver bullet um, Mm -hmm. um, because in the past it felt like we could find silver bullets you know you find a Google come, comes along and all of a sudden you can advertise online and you can scale that really easily and really quickly and all of a sudden you're getting like all these new customers that you weren't getting before from a new source and it was pretty easy. So um, we kind of got a little bit addicted I would say to looking for that silver bullet And uh, but it wasn't coming between 2009, the years after 2009. The economy was uh, slow to come back, you know, The um, so we weren't getting a lot of a lot of uh, head, uh, tailwinds on that regard, mm-hmm. also. Sure. But um, so you know, like one summer afternoon, I was out uh, trying to blow off a little steams swimming a, full, a few laps in the neighborhood pool, going back and forth, just saying, "Why aren't we doing better? Why aren't we doing better? Why aren't we doing better?" And then you know, I hit the wall, with my hand, not my head. Um, and it, I had this revelation. I had this revelation that we're not doing better because we're not better, um, yeah. and uh, we were actually performing to our level. Pretty simple thought, you know. I know a lot of business people. Um, they they're always asking that question: Why aren't we doing better? Why aren't we doing better? I think most businesses, although some do get lucky sometimes, particularly, you know, if you've got uh, a business where you have a few customers. And um, you know, one of your customers starts doing well, really well. Mm-hmm. They they carry mm-hmm. you along with you, and you over overperform based on your customer, really, as opposed to you. This idea that uh, you perform to your level is um, was really was really a revelation for me. So then um, it opened up this whole question: Well, how do we get better? And uh, there's a pretty subtle distinction between the idea of how do you do better, and how do you get better? I mean, you do better by getting better. Um, when you talk about um, how do you get better, that becomes a process-focused sure. approach sure. to business, and that was the, That's when it all switched to process-focused instead of results-focused. And um, um, it really it happened in a it happened in an instant. Uh, it's not that the rest was easy, but um, it it just the whole context shifted. So, how to get better? we got a lot of people in this business. Um, we've got, uh, we're, we're integrated, fully integrated. Mm-hmm. We do our own embroidery, screen print. We've got the customer service here. We've got the marketing here. We've got our technology team here. Um, uh, the whole thing, you know, you know it had been pretty frustrating in the past that you have some good performers, not performers, but you know, you'd have, you just have varied.
1: You've got your rock stars and you've got your people that are not rock stars. Right, right, right. Is that what you mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I don't want to say they're bad people because that's not really right, even correct. what we're talking about. Some of them were bad people. What do you call it? The brilliant jerk. Um, yeah. Theory. We never tolerated that too much, but we had, we, had, uh, we had some instances of that and some people in, in sure. important positions. It, it wasn't too much of a, uh, a leap to start with the idea that um, uh, you won't be better than your people and um you know it's like the chain and Mm -hmm. um if you've got weak links in your chain of people um it's gonna break so we started a um kind of we took the whiteboard out and um just made a list of all the qualities of a great employee you know they get there on time they're friendly they're fun to work with um you know they uh you know they, they pick up a piece of they don't step on paper on the floor. They pick it up. You know all those kind of things. And you know we came up with 150, 200 different things. So um, one of the one of the um, uh, important kind of um, first categories that seemed to form was was around just being good at what you do, being productive, essentially. We said, okay, let's call this this one productive. So. Uh, You know, I've always been a big fan of trying to, particularly when you're trying to manage and lead and, you know, uh, get a group working together, it's really important to keep everything simple, Um, Uh simple and memorable and uh, repeatable and something so that you can get everybody. So I I wanted to come up with just a few basic qualities here that we could focus on. And the first one was um, uh, end up being productive. Um, and then the, in the second group, it was cheerful and uh, brings good energy and um, uh, it's fun to be around and all those things. And, you know, that became positive. So yes. we had productive and we had positive And we had like, so we, that was the beginning. We had two Ps there. So it became uh, clear that if I could come up with two more Ps, then I've got, yeah. I've, I've got the beginning of a philosophy there. The next one was really, the next category was about... Um, trust and uh Mm -hmm. communication you know like how how do you evaluate somebody's trustworthiness and um uh that kind of morphed into this idea that uh if you treat people the way you want to be treated um there's going to be consistency in your behavior because you know Mm -hmm. of course there's some differences in the way people want to be treated but um that became principled and then um you know the last category was really all over the board You know, when you think about it, if uh, somebody is productive and they're positive and they're principled, um, that's pretty good. It's not really enough. Those three Ps will be great to uh, react to any situation that you have. But if you really want to create value, Mm, if you want to grow, you want to learn, you have to take those things and you have to, on top of that, um, be a learner, really. You Mm. have to actively be searching out for questioning, um, you know, how can we do this better, um, not settling, again, you know, if you don't walk over a piece of paper in the, in the office, you bend down, you pick it up, um, and that became proactive, um, mm-hmm. and, that was, and that was the fourth, fourth piece, that's where the, the piece came from
1: here's what I'd like to do. Like I was fascinated by these peas and I've seen the way it's, you know, you have it written. I have it printed out Fred, I got to tell you, I actually used your peas in a coaching session with one of my clients recently. I said, listen, here's, here's four things that, that you guys, you know, you say you also want to do, look at how they've got these articulated and what was so fascinating for one of them, um, um, this one assistant manager is very, very focused on positivity, right? If you're positive, she thinks you're amazing and everything in her world then is amazing. And yet there were glaring challenges within her own team where positivity wasn't getting it done. Like they weren't being proactive. Right? They weren't really principled and they weren't necessarily productive. So like it was so helpful. And you, you don't know that. And that's why it's so fun for me to be able to share with you is like, I just shared this with them going, look at how another company has described it. And it was a light bulb moment for her when she saw it. And uh, so I just, I wanted to share that with you, which is so cool, but there's a couple of things I'd like to pick up out of each one of these P's. If I could ask you a little bit. Sure.
0: And, and James, I'm just going to say before you even start on this, that these P's are a work in process. You know, we talk about these all yeah. the time and we're always saying, um, you know, is that positive? Is that principled? You know, like what, uh, you know, it's just, it's a always constantly evolving thing and we're learning about it all the time. Um, so, um, well, the thing I like about him just to just to build off of that is
1: um, I'm going to I always coach around this way is you've got to be directionally based instead of destination based. Like there's no arrival around positivity. Right. Is there or principled or proactive or productive? Like there's always ways to improve. Right. So um, I I actually the one that I'm most excited to dig into, I'm just going to jump in on proactive on number four, because I've really never seen somebody define proactive the way that you did. And so I'm just going to call out a couple of phrases here and then um, love to get your feedback, you know, your, your feedback, your approach on it, uh, how those are, uh, got in there. So the wording is, is so cool to me. So like you say, um, okay, so someone's great at their job and is, and is positive and principled, and that's a pretty good employee, but to be truly great, that's just not enough. You have to be, um, you need that extra, and so the way that you wrote it, you, you have some words in here that I just love because uh, it sounds like StrengthsFinder work to me. But it says, by instinct and nature, they question, learn, push, and strive. And you talk about how they would pick up a piece of trash instead of walking over it. But it was in the last line that you write here, It is. it says, proactivity is at the heart of our humanity and ultimately where all innovation and positive change comes from. I was like, that just blew my mind. I thought that was so well written. So tell tell me, how did you get to that spot?
0: You know, you have to have the ability to uh, make choices, um, make choices that have impact. Uh, you need to be free. You need to require that of people, also to bring out the best in them. That's a very, it's a great, it's a very good employee that is productive and positive and principled. But it's not, you know, you got it. And if you're, if you're, if, if you're, if you're selling for good, um, you're not really, you're not really pushing yourself to be the person in the organization and the group that, um, you know, I, I feel like you have a responsibility to be, you know, otherwise you're wasting, you're wasting an asset, you're wasting a gift.
1: Now, I, I want to dive in real quick because, um, yeah. you know, we're, we're in a, a time in, in, uh, place with 2020 has just disrupted everything and there's a lot of great people that are looking for another opportunities. Um we were just in Orlando last week and I was down there for a boot camp on sales and and coach training. So I was down there getting sharpened and one of the things that stood out to me uh, as we went to, to a restaurant, either for lunch or in the evening, and that was you know, especially in the evening. Beth and I like to have a craft beer. We we're looking for a good burger or a pizza or something like that. We found two amazing restaurants and li- literally uh, across the street from our, our hotel. What struck me is how great the service was. I mean, top notch, the best service I've ever had. So I started engaging the servers, yeah. and asking some questions. And one of the, the, the uh, ladies, her name was Alicia and, uh, uh, she, she was my favorite of all of them. And I said, is this what you wanna do? Like, you're so amazing at this. Why are you so good at this? Is this, has this been your career? Is this where you wanna go? Do you wanna be in restaurant management? She says, I'm actually on furlough. I work for Hilton. I'm in their events management area. I have a team over there, but we've been furloughed for several months. So this sounded like something that would be good for me to do. So where I'm going with all of that is, is Fred, how do you find people to join the Queensboro team that exhibit these four P's? Like, what is the secret formula that you're figuring out how to, how, how to identify that during the, the recruiting and hiring process?
0: We have a pretty um, unique recruiting process. Obviously, our antennas are up for the four P's from the beginning. And generally, um, we like to, uh, as we like to recruit into the company, we like to recruit in on the entry-level basis. We like to develop our own leaders, and managers. Most of our positions of leadership are held by people that came in through our customer service um, team expects, except for when there's been like special skills like technology and finance or something like that. You know, there's, uh, uh, and all the talk about culture, like Mm -hmm. it was interesting, you were talking about the team that they just focused on positivity and like that was all you need is positivity. Um, I think there is a little bit of a, short-sightedness on the productive piece of this mm-hmm. and the way we test for, uh, get a good indication on the productive side, because if you're not productive, I mean, it's just going to be frustrating for everybody. You got to be capable of doing the job. People, yes. people have different capabilities and stuff. So we use a, a basic cognitive test, um, which okay. is, uh, a, a, you know, kind of as a, it's called a wonderlick test. And, um,
1: Oh, yeah. The wonder, uh, NFL
0: used it. Yeah, the NFL it, uses it. used it. Anyway. Yeah, well, there was a theory in the NFL that, um, that different positions had different mental requirements, like the quarterback mm-hmm. should be the smartest, and I'm not sure it's true or not true. I'm not a huge football fan, but, uh, the smartest guy on the team generally was the offensive lineman, um, um, because his job was to protect the most expensive guy on the team, which was the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So, um. <laughs> Right, so once we kind of, uh, are, it's, fairly, it's a fairly objective um, test whether somebody's capable of, on a cognitive level, of doing the job. So after that, it's all about the other pieces. And we've developed this process we call a structured interview, um, mm. where we ask every applicant, Queensborough, it doesn't matter what the job is, the same eight questions. And we do this in front of uh, f- uh, five to six people, a team of five to six okay. people. And, uh, the questions are designed specifically to, um, um, uh, let us know about the, the peas. Um, one of the questions is, uh, what do you do when you have a bad day? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and, uh, we feel like how a person answers that question is going to tell us, um, do they bring positive, um, tools to challenges, um, And uh, we ask, uh, you know, how do you spend your free time uh, when you're not taking care of family and friends? I mean, the questions are a little, we try to be a little more focused. So, um, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to hear like, uh, you know, my kids take all my time. I don't have, I don't have anything other than that. Um, So, you know, uh, so how do you spend your, basically your free time that you don't have to take care of? And um, so this is a, this is a reflection of how a person values time in general. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's a really important question. How does the person value time? If they don't value time at all, um, you know, it's going to be hard for them to be proactive. Certainly. Um, you know, if they're not making some effort to, they don't have some kind of instincts to learn and improve and grow, um, that kind of thing. So, um, we ask, uh, we ask tell us about relationships, a couple of relations two non family relationships that you've had. Okay. Um and um so we just wanna see as a person capable of forming a relationship. Um and uh, you know, if they say, well there was you know, I worked with a guy named Bob um at McDonalds, um and he was a pretty good guy and uh um, you know, Mary was in school with me and she's nice too. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you got some issues there. So, uh, and then the way we score this um, structured interview is, uh, if any two people in the group fail somebody on a question, they won't. They're they're, they're basically failed. Um, oh wow! Okay, yeah. great. And, and two people, two out of the five or six, that the automatic fail. Um, and then there's a, a ninth question which we don't ask, which is an intuitive question does anybody have a sense that intuitively this person is not going to fit if two people say i you know I, I can't put my finger on it but i just don't think it's going to work that's an automatic fail so if a person doesn't if no two no two people fail on a single question person's automatically offered the job
1: was the intuitive question I'm intrigued by that one. So that's after the candidates left. Obviously, this your group is sitting around and yeah. okay. So the intuitive question comes up. At what point did you integrate that into the system?
0: Um, it's you know it's been like I say it's been evolving. Um, we had okay. some, we had some people that answered all the questions, but they didn't. I don't know. You know, yeah. like we couldn't fail them, but it just didn't feel yeah. right. You know, like yeah. Um, and uh, so we kind of felt like. It just kind of needed that reality check.
1: I hope you're enjoying this episode as you learn how Fred Meyer has built a rock solid foundation at Queensboro. Productive, positive, principled, and proactive. You know, those four P's would work in any organization. So, in part two, Fred and I are going to continue our conversation. We're going to get into the heart of business and we're going to share our thoughts about what makes a great workplace culture. Now, don't miss part two. And as always, if you want to build a competitive edge, You do that by leading through values. Hey everyone, this is James, and I want to tell you about an upcoming virtual coaching program called Accelerate. It's for high-achieving, success-minded people just like you who demand greatness of themselves and expect it of everyone around them. Accelerate will help you drastically improve communication in your business, reduce bottlenecks and busyness, help spark innovation and even creative thinking, and absolutely maximize team performance. Now is for business owners, executives, it's for up-and-coming leaders, anyone who is wanting to advance their leadership and to build their business capacity in 2021. The training starts in February and space is limited. Learn more at jamesmayhew.com.